I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Wednesday, July 10, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. And we had what traders were looking for today. We got a move. We didn't know which direction it was going to be, but the market did move. Last night's video was entitled, Traders Are Patiently Waiting or Impatiently Waiting. That was the thumbnail thingy on the video. And now we can discuss what happened and what happened from here so it actually began way back when at 8 30 a.m the fed chairman's notes were released the prepared comments that he was going to give to congress were released at 8 30 a.m instead of waiting until right before the congressional testimony began we'll get back to the daily chart of the spy in a moment let's take a look at the es the s&p e-mini futures contract So here's 8.30 to 8.40 candle using a 10-minute chart, and you can see what happened. The market took off like a bat out of hell, spiked through the big fat round number of 3,000 all the way up to about 3,007, and then backed off, and you can see what happened the remainder of the day. This is a continuous chart that includes the Globex or electronic session If you look at the pit session chart, it looks more like the spider chart. There's your pit session 10-minute chart, and there is your SPY 10-minute chart. They look identical to each other. Okay, now that we know what happened, let's reset and let's take a look at the daily chart, talk about where we go from here. What is going on? Well, one thing we did know going in is the market was bullish. It was in an uptrend. There was nothing bearish on the chart. And therefore, we're not surprised that they chose the upside. Yesterday, we talked about some price levels down below that they couldn't even reach. And therefore, here we are looking in the mirror in the other direction. The market was showing signs of strength when they couldn't even go down and fill some gaps, let alone get to the gap window, which essentially represented the bottom end of the range. That's over here that we couldn't even get to yesterday. The market was strong, and here we are, flipped around in the other direction, trading higher. We didn't have a new closing high, but that doesn't really make any difference. The market is in the same position it was yesterday. It's just a little higher. It's in an uptrend above all the moving averages. It was heading for the big fat round number of 3,000. That's the S&P cash index. Now, the SPY has not got to 300 yet. Why is this important? We'll talk about it in a second. But what you'll see here is the high of the day today was 299.66. Why is there a difference? If you remember from a couple of weeks ago, there was a dividend paid. So there is still a delta between where the market was relative to the S&P cash index, meaning the SPY against the cash index. The delta between the two is closing, but it still exists. And that's why we haven't got in the SPY to 300 yet. Here's the SPX cash index. High of the day, 3002, spot 98. So in the SPX or the S&P 500 cash index, 
they did spike through and back off from the big fat round psychological number of 3,000. They put the hats on down at the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. Everybody parties that they hit 3,000. It's a psychological victory. The market backs off. We close below, but there's no meaning to closing below or at 3,000 or at 3,002. No meaning whatsoever today. Why is that? Because the trend is your friend until the very end. We talk about this all the time. We talked about it as long as the trend was going up, that the trend is your friend until the market puts in a sign and a signal of a trend change. Now, we've seen those in the past, and the market pulled back from those. And then sometimes the market just ends up going sideways. That's the market's way of telling us something. All these signs and signals of a trend change are found in the course at Lazy E Mini Trader. But today, we don't have anything like that. The trend is our friend until the very end. Right here, right now, we're still grinding higher. Let's say over the next couple of days, the market continues to grind higher. Where would it actually stop? Where is the next major destination? I think that's a legit $64,000 question. Before I give you at least what my answer is, you have to understand, and most of you do understand, when markets are trading at an all-time high, it's very, very difficult to find the next high. There are various methods to figure out where the next high may be. I use mine. Others use theirs. I don't really care what anybody else's is. I'll give you what my numbers are, and then we'll see what happens from there. So for the numbers, we go back to the SPY chart, and I'll give you the best effort at the range that I think the market is headed to as the next destination where the next major area of overhead resistance would be. That is, on the SPY, 300.75 to 301. Those are the numbers. We'll see what happens if and when the market does get up there, if it's going to get up there, that holds true for the next, let's say, two to four trading sessions. Anything beyond that and that whole scenario would change because if we haven't hit it by then, it means either we're trading away from it to the south side or we're working our way sideways and that would require me to even raise the price higher where the overhead resistance would be. So for now, this is good until maybe early next week at the latest. Here's a question that will come up. What do we do with that information? Can you ride the market up to that area or should you short the market when it gets up to that area? The correct answer goes like this. Very difficult to buy the market high and sell it higher. When you buy the market at a high like this, the risk is to the downside. One tweet could send the market in a tailspin. And here's the other thing. We don't know that the market's going to get up there. What I'm saying is I've done some mathematics completely mixed together with a form of art to come up with these numbers. Now, I'm not 100% sure that the market would stop if it continues going higher at these numbers, but these numbers come up when I do the math, when I do the work over and over and over again, I get numbers in and around this area no matter how I do it. So I give you an average. The average comes in 300.75 to 301. Could it be slightly higher than that? Of course it could. Could it miss by a little bit? Of course it could. But that's what I came up with for better or for worse. Could we be in a don't fight the Fed type of environment? We could be for a while. That is possible. 
If you remember from maybe about a month ago, maybe a little longer, we got some comments out of the ECB. These are usually globally coordinated efforts between the Europeans, us, and here in the U.S., and then the Asian markets, for example, the Japanese central bank, could all together simultaneously, without even flooding the market with money, can absolutely and actually jawbone the market higher. That is essentially what's going on right now. The market is going higher on the jawboning or the commentary and expectation that the Fed is going to lower interest rates. Now, the interest rate market or the bond market has already told us that's going to happen. So it's a known known. What does that mean? That means right now that information is built into the market. So we're going to need something else to goose the markets higher. What do we have on deck? Earnings season starting next week. What are we going to have? Some companies beat lowered expectations. That's always part of the program. Before we leave the SPY chart, what's the bear case? How do we know the market is actually turning around if it's going to turn around? Hourly and certainly a daily close, but the first sign would be hourly closes below 297 in the SPY. That doesn't mean the market's unraveling. That just means that it's not necessarily going higher anytime soon. From there, the bear case looks like we discussed yesterday with the gaps beneath. When you go to the other charts, you see what we were discussing yesterday. Here's the hourly chart. We start looking at the gaps, the gap windows. And so if in fact the market or the SPY began closing hourly below 297, that would be the first thing we would begin to look for. Where would the support levels be where we discussed yesterday? What are we getting from Camp IWM? Are we getting any signs that the market's going to take off in a big way to the upside? Well, not just yet. However, the IWM is bullish. It's above all the moving averages, and we're basically eating time off the clock. Think of it as winding up. Think of it as one of those little wind-up toys. You wind it up till you can't wind it anymore. You put it down on the ground, and then it takes off. So here's what we've got in the IWM. We had the move higher, and then we began consolidating in what looks like a bull flag pattern. It's not quite a perfect flag pattern, but you get the concept. So here's what goes on. After it consolidates for however long it's going to consolidate for, it's going to break out of this pattern. It's going to release the energy. The wind-up toy will take off. So normally, it will do this. Now, if it fails, the wind-up toy is still going to take off, only it's going to go in the other direction down like this. So this pattern will produce a move. The market is coiled up. That move will come. It's just a matter of when. What else did we have in the IWM today? What we didn't have was relative strength. What we had was basically a flat IWM at the end of the day against an SPY that was up about one half of 1%. So it's of note, it's a puzzle piece, it's on the table, but the bullish pattern and above all the moving averages has to take precedent over half a percent one way or the other against the SPY. It is a puzzle piece, but it's a small one at present. Collapse in volatility. The VIX is down at 13. It's likely going lower. This is likely telling us the stock market is going higher. The VIX looks like it wants to go at least test the lows from over here. The lows from the 5th of July. 
and that low comes in at 12.04. When you look at this chart and you look at the daily chart, it looks like the VIX tried to put in a low, tried to rally and get through or at least into the moving averages. It couldn't even fill the gap, was rejected at the moving averages, and here we are. So again, we have a situation where the market actually couldn't do something, and that tells us something. It gave us the weakness indication that ended up being the VIX. When a gap isn't filled on the top side, it's weak. When it's not filled beneath, it's strength. That's what happened in the SPY. Conversely, the VIX wasn't able to fill the gap above and now has traded down away from that gap. One market that's worth paying extra attention to right now is down at the transportation department. So here's what we have. We talked about it last night, and we had a pretty decent setup for a rally higher in the transports. Early this morning, we got that rally higher. They were up about 100 points early in the day, wound up down almost 50. That's a pretty decent turnaround. I think that's a bigger than small puzzle piece. It's on the table. Let's talk further about the transports. Up until now, we've mainly been talking about the bullish case because everything's in an uptrend. But the transports and the IWM, for that matter, my two favorite market-leading indicators, still are not participating in the rally that the SPY and the Triple Qs and the Dow are participating in. I have no choice but to look at that with eyes wide open. Today, we closed below all the moving averages after attempting to trade higher and failing. Again, we have to take that at face value. That's not positive. That's negative. The transports are my second favorite leading market indicator. And, oh, by the way, has been countless times in the past the single best canary in the coal mine that we have. That being said... If we wake up to a turnaround tomorrow in the transports and they begin trading higher, traders that have taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader will know exactly what would have happened. It would have been, in part, the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew, but the second part, and more important part, would have been something from a pure technical perspective that's taught right out of the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. That didn't happen yet. Tomorrow is tomorrow. Today is today. Today, the transports were negative. I just want to give you what to watch out for on the just-in-case part. How about a new all-time closing high in the queues? Rock and roll is here to stay. There's nothing else you can say other than higher prices until and unless the market, in this case the queues, puts in a sign and signal of a trend change. The trend is up. The trend is your friend until it's not. The cues are above all the moving averages and well above, in fact, a little bit too much above home base. Home base is the 20-period moving average. It's likely that the cues will want to either come back toward home base a little bit or eat some time off the clock and let home base work its way back up to price. You have a big gap between yesterday's close and today. At some point, it won't be out of the question for the cues to come back and take care of that gap. Now, again, here's one of those things where you have to know what you're looking at. If it comes back to fill the gap immediately tomorrow, that could be bullish by nature. It could just be coming down to take care of some business, coming back to check in at a former breakout area, and can turn around and go back the other way. However, if the cues continue higher, put in a sign or signal of a trend change, begin down 
Are we going to want to be long at that gap or would price maybe stall out at that gap for a little while but normally trade through that gap? So those are the things we have to weigh when we hit that gap is as important as how we come into that gap. All that is nothing other than in the spirit of just in case slash preparation slash let's go ahead and learn something because while we don't know exactly which scenario will play out, we can be prepared for as many scenarios as possible. How about the financial district? Without the financials, the market's unlikely to get very far and the financials weren't up today, they finished down today. Not a lot, but it wasn't up, and I think that's important to note. I think it's a puzzle piece. It's on my table. Keep in mind, there's a couple of different things going on. A, could be just another bull flag pattern. Totally possible. Why not? Breaks down below the lower portion of this channel or this range, and maybe a different story, but you'd still be above all the moving averages. So net-net, the chart is bullish. The chart is working off the quote-unquote overbought condition. And you know how I hate that term because there's really no such thing as overbought or oversold because you can't measure it. So I can say a market is overbought, but I can say it's overbought for 28 days in a row. So what did it mean on day four? Nothing. It's more of a generic term. Bull case, bear case. The bull case we just laid out could be making a bull flag pattern heading higher. We're above all the moving averages, so there is nothing negative. The bear case, there's a gap down below, there's home base or the 20 period moving average, and it's not out of the question for the market to come back and fill that gap, test the 20 period moving average. You have some important highs over here. You have an important high from 2747, remember that? Would it be normal garden variety market behavior to come back and test this former breakout area somewhere around the vicinity of 2747? You bet your bottom dollar it would be. Would the market likely find at least temporary support at 2747? Yeah, it likely would. How many traders across the market do you think are aware of that number? I have no idea, but probably not a lot. Is that important? Absolutely not. I just felt like saying it. How about Bitcoin? For no reason whatsoever other than how about Bitcoin? Where would a buy be on Bitcoin if you believe, and since we are above all the moving averages, if you believe that this uptrend will continue and you would like to be a buyer of Bitcoin, where would you be a buyer of Bitcoin? The first area would be around 11,100, give or take. What would happen if 11,000, give or take, 11,100, what would happen if that didn't work? What would happen if Bitcoin began to really slice through that area, where would it go? All the way down to the 50 period moving average and likely somewhat lower down to about 9,100, 9,200. It's a wild one. There's not a lot of ways to trade it. Some traders have been using overstock. Some trade in the ETF. That is the closest thing you can get to the tracking of Bitcoin itself. Others trade in cryptocurrency accounts and others use accounts like 
Coinbase. There's a variety of different ways. I don't know who trades or who doesn't trade Bitcoin, but I know there is a lot of interest in the cryptos out there. So I thought I would cover Bitcoin. If you want to hear more about Bitcoin or you want to see other cryptocurrencies, let me know and we'll see if we can incorporate some of that in. I'm not sure what the interest is out there, but I'd like to gauge it a little bit. We'll get back in our lane over here, back to the SMH, which is the tracking exchange traded fund for the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index. It's up today. It was up higher. It sold off a little bit. Anything negative really on this chart? No, not so much. Above all the moving averages, again, same story, different chart, different three letters. All charts act and react the same way. That's really the foundation of what I like to teach. Doesn't matter what the name is on the chart. Could be a commodity, could be gold, oil, could be a stock, could be IBM, Apple. Doesn't make any difference. All charts and all time frames, same story. All charts act and react the same way. So when we go over these charts and you continuously hear me repeat the same things over and over and over again, there's a reason for that. Because the same stuff happens over and over and over again. And that's what you should be learning if you're here for an extended period of time and you've taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. You have the piece parts. You have the components. You have the foundation. You have two legs of the stool. The third leg is inside the numbers. And that, my friends, is a pretty good place to pull the ripcord tonight. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.